Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 498. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Reichstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Now, this, week on, this week on the show, got a little bit of a got a little bit of a curveball coming at you here. We're going to be talking about the movie Cobweb, and it turns out there are two movies called Cobweb that came out uh, this past year. Uh, I will be talking about one of them, and Kevin will be talking about the other one. So it's a double, it's a Cobweb double bill this week. Two Cobwebs. Yeah, one is a, uh, a South Korean comedy. And one is a, uh, a straight-to-Hulu horror. Yeah. Hulu horror. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll also be going over some of the watching on the watch list. And this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's go ahead and just uh, just get just jump straight in to it. What Do, do you want to talk about yours first? I, I didn't <laughs> see your cobweb, so this will be new to me. Web apparently came out digital in August of 2023, but for some reason still shows up first when you type cobweb in. Well, it's probably because like you're it's... talking about Samuel Bowden's cobweb from Hulu. Yeah, it probably because be, the other one's not American, so you know, yep, gonna show up second. Showing up second, so I and this to me isn't like out of the realm of what we normally watch and or review. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a horror movie. All right. It's on Hulu. I'll check it out. And guess what? Uh, it's actually not bad. I, I heard um, mixed things about this. Uh, I, again, I haven't seen it. I, I did plan on seeing it. I just haven't got around to it. But uh, it uh, seems like maybe it was a bit divisive. But but you tell me. Yeah, I think I think you'll like this. This It, it starts out like first impressions. I mean, it, it just hit me within like five minutes where I was just like, fucking Hulu horror movie. Like, why are we covering this? Unbeknownst to me that we weren't. That was my <laughs> bad. But I was just like, why, why are we doing this? And like, as it progressed, it just, it kept taking these like little, little curveball turns where I was like, oh, okay, this is something, something different. This is not what I was expecting. And then it just kind of goes off the rails and gets crazy. And I just, I was on board. And you had like, there's like little hints of it in the beginning of this, like Lizzie Kaplan's character, like her performance is just, it's off. She just, she plays the mother of the, the eight-year-old Peter who can't sleep. He keeps hearing stuff in the walls. And there's just something off about her performance. And then it later on, it makes sense. And I got to say that this is pretty outlandish and actually not a bad time at all. Nice. Glad to hear it. Well, it seems like maybe, maybe you had the better cobweb then. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if, we'll see. I don't know if better is the, would be the right word. Um, so that's on Hulu. The one that, the one that I saw is the, the Jiwoon Kim one. And this is uh, on on VOD. It came out in limited release earlier, I think, last year. And I think that it hit VOD last week or something like that. Um, this is the director that did The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, A Tale of Two Sisters, I Saw the Devil. Uh, so I'm a pretty big fan of, of his work. And I didn't really know... Uh, I, I didn't really know what 
this movie was about other than what it said on IMDb uh, where it says described as an experimental and genre defying drama shot entirely on soundstage in support of a film within a film narrative. And I was like, okay, yeah, Uh, I like all the, those, those words, those keywords there, like experimental genre defying. Yeah. I like that. Uh, shot on a soundstage. Okay. Interesting. Not don't really care about that. And then film within a film into that. Um, and it's, it's fine. It, it's, it's, there's really not, uh, not a whole lot for me to really, uh, criticize or necessarily praise other than the cinematography in this, which is absolutely incredible. Love the cinematography. It's, it's great. Um, because it's a film within a film, cinematography plays a really big part um, in the the film that they're making. Uh, the thing is, like the movie that they're making is not that interesting. It's just this kind of weird uh, love story drama. It is genre defying, I would say, because there's actually these like weird horror elements involving giant spiders in it. Um, but. You know, you have Song Kang-ho here as the the director, Kim, and any movie that he's in instantly gets some bonus points for me because I I love I love that guy. Like, he's just so good in everything he's in. And um, he's a really good character in this. He's this like kind of struggling director who's really trying to get his vision uh, out there and what you have here is it i mean it's it's a type of movie that we've seen before um where it's like kind of the backstage chaos it's the behind the scenes chaos of making a movie i think uh, like not too long ago on the 90s podcast we talked about a movie i think it was called noises off or something like that that was like behind the scenes at a, a of a a play and this had a similar vibe where there's just so much going on and it's just like everybody's stressed and scrambling. And then like the actors and the crew have their own drama that's happening. And then they're always trying to get the shot and like things are getting messed up and people are quitting. And it's all just like, I feel like it's just stuff that I've seen before in other, in other films. Um, like everybody does a good job here. Uh, you know, performance wise and everything. And it's, it's a mildly amusing time. I wouldn't say that it's entirely boring or anything. It is a bit overly long. I would say it's like two, it's like over two hours, which I feel like it could have been cut down a bit. A lot of what you see is the actual movie that they're making. So it cuts back and forth between takes place in the seventies. So It'll cut back and forth between color and then black and white, which is the movie itself. They're shooting it in black and white. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's 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 fine. I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just like, meh, I'll probably forget about it by the end of the year, I would I would say. But it's it's not it's not bad. If you're really into movies about making movies, you know, like that, that type of subgenre, it's, yeah. <clears throat> it's not bad. It, I mean, I actively disliked noises off, so it's better than that. Um, 
I've saw some other people comparing it to to uh, one cut of the dead, which I don't I don't necessarily see. Like really, the only thing that I see there is like the behind the scenes chaos. Other than, like I feel like a lot of people just compare that because they're both Asian films, uh, but I don't I don't really see the, the comparison with those two. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's fine. There's a giant spider in it that bites somebody in the face. My movie also has spiders. Oh, nice. A different, a different kind of spider. Spider-esque. I just saw a trailer for a movie coming out that is about a spider called Sting. And it looks awesome. Sting. It looks like a, like a classic creature feature. Oh, boy. And I feel like we haven't had like a really solid creature feature in a while. And this is about a spider called Sting. Sting. Stinging, stinging spider. Yeah, like that. All right, so that's my cobweb. Uh, uh, mine sounds better. Yeah, I mean, at least for me, because one thing about mine is it's super short. It's only like an hour and twenty some minutes. But that's perfect. Yeah, and like I think of it, it's kind of in the same vein of in terms of like horror movie wise. Uh, I the experience was kind of like um. Oh, what was the name of that movie? Barbarian. It looks like it was pretty like I'm, I'm thinking one thing, and then all of a sudden there's just this development where you're like, whoa, shit, I was not expecting this is what the movie is. See, now that, that makes me definitely want to check it out more because the reason that I, I, that I didn't watch it up until now was because it, from the trailers, it kind of just looked like your standard supernatural horror film. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like Babadook esque. Yeah, and it's not I was just like, ah, I've seen so many of those. It is not that at all. It's actually pretty. I almost want to say campy, but it's not. It's not like it. It flirts with it. Okay, it's come so close, but it does a pretty good job of just like brushing up against that. Well, I'll de- I'll definitely have to check the check that one out then. I feel like you can skip Cobweb. Like I, I think that you would like it. But I also don't see you like really getting anything out of it, you know, other yeah. than like a mildly entertaining time. I, again, I'll re- I will reiterate that the uh, cinematography is really good. I mean, like the lighting and stuff like that and the, the set work, you know, the fact that it's all on a soundstage. Uh, it, the, the synopsis is a little bit misleading where they're saying an experimental described as an experimental and genre-defying drama. Mm-hmm. That makes it sound like the movie that we're watching is that, but it's not. The The experimental genre-defying drama is what they're making in the movie that we're watching. Okay. So the movie that we're watching is pretty conventional. It's not really... And it's not shot entirely on a soundstage either. Like, the movie within the movie is, but the movie we're watching... Is not. Gotcha. A lot of it's on the soundstage, but <laughs> portions of it are not. Again, Correct. the set the set work is really good. The lighting is really good. Um, like just it's a very technically impressive movie. There's a really great uh, single take shot at the end that that is really impressive. And like, you know, because it's you're seeing the behind the scenes stuff, you see how they shoot it and then you actually see 
the final product. So that's that's pretty cool too. Actually, I'm kind of coming around. I'm I'm, I'm like I'm pretty fresh off of this. I well, I just finished it like 15 minutes before we started recording, so I'm still <laughs> kind of processing it. But all right, let's go ahead and give these uh, these cobwebs a score. Uh, Kevin, what are you going to give give your cobweb? I'm going to give my cobweb like a seven. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give my cobweb a a light six. Yeah, mine mine gets a light six. All right, there you have it. Uh, by the way, this was totally not intentional. With the, I don't know if I mentioned that, that it was a total mistake that we watched two different cobwebs, but it was. It happens. It happens, you know? It actually happened, uh, uh, say, by the 90s. It, something similar happened. See, there's just too many, too many of these movies trying to connect with that. What is it, the SEO? Get all yeah. these fucking one-word movie titles bland as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to talk about some of what we've been watching. Um, now talking. I believe it. I, I think it's my turn this week. I saw 100 Yen Love, directed by Masaharu Take. Uh, this is one that's been on my watch list forever, and uh, finally was like, you know what? Now's the time. Now's the time to do it. Uh, what you have here is a, this is a dramedy, I would say, uh, dramedy about this, uh, this woman, she's in her thirties, early thirties, and she's just kind of a slacker. She's, she got nothing going on in her life. She's just Mm. laying around eating junk food. She works at a, at a, uh, gas station, not a lot of prospects in her life. And, um, something, something horrible happens to her and, um, there's a, a boxing gym next to where she works and she becomes sort of infatuated by the idea of there's this, the sport of boxing. So she starts to train, she starts going to the gym and then like all of a sudden she has this like new thing in her life and she just like puts everything she has into boxing and she becomes a boxer and she gets into shape. She, you know, starts to feel motivated and stuff. Uh, and it's great. Like it is, it's fantastic. I loved this movie. Uh, highly recommend it. It is, it's, uh, it's sad. It's hopeful. It's funny. Uh, Sakura Ando's in it. She does an incredible job. Uh, and, uh, yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. A hundred yen love hell yeah you you would be so bad yeah you will you will definitely definitely like this a lot i think okay i have a twofer do it i, I just want to talk uh get pen it. and lotter pen and lotter okay I want, to talk, I want to talk about brain damage and basket case all watch right both. so watch brain damage and lord have mercy is this movie just like one of the greatest things i've ever seen so I was I was just so enamored by this film. A, the way that it starts off, which is just this old New York couple losing their fucking minds because something's missing in their bathtub. And they're just going around screaming, just <laughs> losing their fucking minds. And it's com- it's just constantly cut with this guy just like in his room, Brian. 
he's just in his room. He's not feeling well. He's got the flu or something. He's just, he's not, he's not feeling great. And it's just cutting between the two of this. There's not a whole lot of talking except for the aforementioned old couple losing their fucking minds and screaming and smashing all of their stuff. And then next thing you know, Brian's just kind of like hanging out and like blue water just starts like filling up his room. And it's just such a weird way to start a film, especially a hen lauder film, because you're like, this is this is far more like uh experimental slash artistic mm-hmm. in a way that I'm like, okay, what what's he is this like high art? What's he doing here? And then, you know, the fucking worm thing opens his mouth and he's like, Hey Brian. And <laughs> I just it, immediately I just locked in. I was like, this is the perfect 10 out of 10. Nothing is going to dissuade me from a 10 out of 10. This movie is perfect, and I'm only like 8 minutes in. And guess what? It just keeps getting better. It disappoints. It just gets more outlandish. So I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So much so that I was like, have to watch Basket Case. And that one also didn't disappoint. Not as good for me. But still pretty damn good. You know, just kind of disgusting. That old sleaze, you know. But the first time that the guy falls out of the basket and you get that stop motion, that's where it took it, like, to another level. Oh, yeah. Because I was just like, oh, hell yeah, they're doing stop motion for this? This is incredible. Just he put, He's he's in my uh, director hall of fame. And a lot. Yeah, it's a shame he, he hasn't really done a lot you know like he just i know i'm really bummed you know like he did the three basket case movies frank and hooker brain damage and then he did uh bad biology which was terrible and then he did some docs yeah but the the strength of these three alone brain damage basket case and frank and hooker he's an all-timer in my book the the basket case sequels are pretty ridiculous they um lean really heavily into the like 80s 90s uh prosthetic and puppet stuff (laughs) so you get a lot of like different wacky creatures and stuff in those i love it i just i don't know what it is about basket case but just everyone going what's in the basket they 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 gotta know which is funny which is funny because like in new york city that would not like nobody give a shit like nobody would say a but thing. Um, you see what is in the basket. You're just like that basket's not big enough. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Like it's fucking huge, and that basket is small. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that's a uh, uh, Lauder double bill. Oh hell yeah. Uh, let's see. I saw Dream Scenario. This is the, the Christopher Orgley. This is on VOD right now. Nice. Uh, if you're not familiar with this one, it stars Nicolas Cage as this kind of, uh, he's a, he's a college professor. He's just kind of a, he's, he's just a, a regular old guy. He's just a kind of a bland milk toast kind of dude. And all of a sudden people start having dreams, not about him, but he's in the dream. So like, you know, somebody will be dreaming that they're like, uh, floating on a cloud or something. And this guy just kind of shows up in the dream and he doesn't really do anything. He just shows up and he's just kind of looking around and like, just, just 
being present, just just looking there. And it turns into this like kind of viral phenomenon where all of these people, hundreds, thousands of people start having dreams with <laughs> this guy in it for like no for no reason. And he becomes this like internet sensation. And you know, he starts to, you know, becomes internet famous and stuff, and then the inevitable cancellation occurs after people start having nightmares with him in it and it just completely takes a turn um it's pretty good i'm not sure that i liked the the ending too much but i did like kind of what it was what it was going for just the movie in general about looking at at um like internet fame and virality and cancel culture and all of that stuff. And it, I think it was an interesting way of looking at that. And uh, of course, Nicolas Cage was incredible in this. Like he was really like, he was really great in it. You know, sometimes with his movies, like you feel like he's kind of phoning it in a little bit. Uh, but not with this one. It seemed like he was taking this one very seriously, even though he does he he does get to be kind of wacky, like in the dream sequences. He gets to do some kind of wacky stuff. But um, yeah, I would give it a light recommend. Dream scenario, check it out. That sounds that sounds great. We're just talking about a lot of good movies so far. Mm-hmm. Good movies, because I got another one. It's called Absurd from 1981. I am uh, I'm familiar with this. I just saw this. For the first time, like very pretty recently. Yeah. Nope. Never mind. It says 2018 on my review. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like very recent, but sorry. Go ahead, man. I just I appreciate movies like this, and I miss movies like this. Super simple premise. Because right off the bat, you got this guy shows up. Someone's chasing him. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Barges into a hospital. They do some surgery, and then. Then they start to figure out like what the hell's going on. And it's simple. The man is insane. His cells regenerate, but they don't regenerate correctly and thus makes him insane. And what does insanity do to him? He just walks around. He sees someone. He kills them. That's it. That's the movie. And oh shit, he got out. We got to find him. Put an end to this. Super simple. Like no backstory. They don't try to really explain any of this. They do a little bit and it makes even less sense, which is fucking awesome. And I just love it because that's the explanation they give. He's insane. Okay. That's all you need to know. And he is, he's just wandering around killing people and they got to stop him. The music's incredible. A lot of the kids drawn out to the point of like super disturbing. Like there's one in particular where he kills a woman by like forcing her head inside of an oven yeah. And it just goes on forever. And it's like one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. I don't but remember. That's also okay, go. Sorry, Sorry. I was just going to say, I don't remember a lot about that movie, but I remember the oven scene. Yeah. I don't think you can forget the oven scene. Cause of course it's the camera inside the oven and like it's intercut with this, like it's like teenage girl. That's like tied up in a, a bed, not in a bad way. It's like a, she's injured somehow and she has this like chin strap thing contraption hooked up 
and her brother needs her help. So it's intercut between the woman's head inside the oven, which you see, and every time it comes back, it's obviously more burnt than it was before. And then the other part of it is just this girl trying to undo buckles. And it's, it's seriously, it felt like it was that for like 20 minutes. Just buckles and a face burning. Buckles, face burning. Buckles. <laughs> and it's just that forever. Buckles and burning. Buckles and burning. And she just, her face just slowly melts. And they just put that on the screen there. And it's a tough watch. And then the, uh, the final scene, or the final like shot, because it does the old school freeze frame. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Fucking awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's absurd from 1981. Uh, so good. I saw the Iron Claw. This was, you know, one of the one of the higher profile releases from from last year. It's finally on on VOD. This is directed by Sean Durkin. Uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I uh, think that the performances are great. Good script. Uh, I was already familiar with the the Von Erich story like the the cur- the family curse and all of that stuff uh if you're not familiar it, it is a um the von erics were a wrestling dynasty it was a whole family of professional wrestlers and a lot of absolutely horrible horrible shit happened to the members of this family and uh this this movie just sort of goes through that uh, in a very kind of you know, pretty standard biopic way. Um, it's, it's shot very well, shot on film. So it looks, it looks very good. Um, it takes place in the seventies. So it, it does a really good job of, um, capturing that like kind of late seventies, early eighties wrestling vibe. Um, which I like a lot. I don't watch wrestling and I'm not really into like modern pro wrestling or anything, but I'm absolutely fascinated with behind the scenes stories. The reason that I know about the Von Erich um, brothers is, is uh, I saw a documentary about them. Actually, I think it was on that. Um, there's a show on vice called the dark side of the ring. And it was like, mm. a, it was a uh, Jason Eisner. Uh, did he, he did the show and he, it was like, it's a series of um, documentaries about different, wrestlers and things that uh you know horrible horrible history of professional wrestling that's how i learned about the von erics um and uh yeah this this movie's great really really great performances from um you know zach efron jeremy allen white um maura tierney too's in there stanley simmons uh just uh simons sorry stanley simons just a great all around uh a24 film you know it's it's definitely got that signature a24 style dream scenario is also a24 by the way to a bunch of a24 yeah yeah anyway i would definitely recommend the iron claw even if you're not super into into wrestling it's it's uh it's uh, it's a lot more than that but i think it does a good job of Telling their story, I think, does a good job of encapsulating how fucked up professional wrestling is and what it does to pretty much everybody who is involved in it for any length of time. 
um, because there's so many stories like this throughout the industry. And I think this is just like one of the most extreme cases of just the horrible stuff that tends to happen to people in the industry. Mm. Uh, the only other thing I'm going to mention is Repo Man. Hell yeah! Which is good timing because you saw the recent news there. Alex Cock coming back for what, Repo Man 2 or something? I don't know. Make it a Repo Man 2. I didn't know that, but... Yeah, that just came out a couple not days really, ago. Not really sure how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I'm that interested, honestly. He made but, a mo- uh, Sorry, he made a movie called Repo Chick in yes. 2009? And... From my understanding, because I just read about it real quickly after watching this, there's something about the studio like made a a sequel without his permission. So he made that movie as like a fuck you to the studio or something. Huh. Is there is there like a did they release it? Is there a Repo Man 2? I don't or no, no, the Repo Men. When they did that, the <laughs> Was it uh, Judd Law and what? That's wait a minute. That can't be. That's related. I think that's what it was. Mm, I don't know, dude. Like, cause that movie's completely different. That's like a sci-fi movie about people getting like organs back. It, yeah, like, it's it not is. even close to being. But where did where related did I read about the what the fuck is it called? Repo Chick. Repo Chick. Yeah. There's Repo, the genetic opera. That's definitely not a studio film. It was was something like that. I can't remember where I read it now. Mm. Either way. So I finally got around to watching Repo Man. Because I remember you liking this movie. Mm -hmm. A lot. Growing up. And I just never watched it. I don't know why. And this is another one of those movies that within like five minutes, there was just something about the style of this. Just the look of it, the music, just the general atmosphere tone that I was just like, I had the biggest fucking grin on my face watching this movie from start to finish. I was just absolutely enamored. Yeah, and I, just I, I, I getting love slightly man. weirder. And then just the way that it that it all culminates with the the green fluorescent car. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely. What did, I mean? What a fucking time. What a ride Repo Man is from 1984. Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, man. Emilio Estevez, Harry Dean Stanton. It's it's great. It's a cult classic. It's like the definition yeah. of a cult classic. It's just such a good fucking movie though. And the Criterion like, version is great too, by the way. Dude, the music, the like mm-hmm. the camera work, everything, the framing like every single aspect of it is incredible. Yep. I agree. I, I love Repo Man. Cool. Well, I can't top that. Um I saw Rye Lane, um, but I pretty much just mirror what you said about yeah, it so the, I, the other week. I saw that. Um I thought it was great. I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. Uh question for you. How much time from the ending of that movie? Until you put on Trap Cold Quest. <laughs> Dude, uh, the next day, actually. So the <laughs> next day, I 
looked up the soundtrack and was listening to the soundtrack while I was working. So yes, it was the next I think, day. <laughs> I think I did the next day too, where I was like, on my drive into work, I am listening to low end theory. That is what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the soundtrack on this, on this movie. It was, it was fantastic. Which I gotta say, listening to low end theory this time around, uh, I mean, I always liked Q-Tip, like he was always my favorite, but man, Fife, I think is better on that record than he is. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have an opinion on which, which one I prefer. It's just, for me, it's like almost like the day of the week. All right. Let's take a look at what we have uh, in theaters, VOD, Blu-ray this week. I'm just going to lump them all together because I have them all on one page and it'll just be easier than trying to split them up to do it uh starting with the 20th we have memory that's going to be on vod uh brawl and cell block 99 is coming out on blu-ray we got the doldrums coming out on vod we got the green green ghost and the masters what is this green ghost and the masters of the stone oh yeah that's going to be on blu-ray we got Box metaphor. You are you are where you choose to be. That's going to be on Blu-ray. It looks terrible. On the twenty-first, uh, or sorry, on the twenty-second, we have "Lovely Dark and Deep." That's going to be on VOD. We got the Omicron, Omicron killer. <laughs> the Omicron killer. How the fuck you spell that? O m i c r o n. Omicron. Omicron killer. All right. Uh, that looks like it's going to be in limited release. We got uh, Kemba, which is going to be on BET Plus. Then on the 23rd, we have Stop Motion, which I'm actually very excited for. That's going to be in theaters, probably a limited release, if I had to guess. Bring Him to Me is going to be on VOD on the 23rd. Married to the Game is going to be on Amazon. Looks like a soccer doc. Uh, looks like there's a new Demon Slayer movie that's going to be opening in theaters. I feel like every other week there's a new Demon Slayer movie. A movie called Seagrass. Seagrass. Getting limited release. Mm, Drugstore June. Going to be in theaters. Th- Thabo and the Rhino Case is going to be in theaters. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Political War is going to be getting a limited release. Political War? Political War. Oh, no. Uh, about Dry Grasses. Looks like uh, there's a some sort of documentary about Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima, Connecting Worlds. Actually, I don't know if that's about him or if it is, like, just featuring him. This is a journey... Oh, okay. A journey into the creative mind of the most iconic video game designer in the world. This visually captivating documentary gives a rare glimpse into Hideo Kojima's creative process as he launches his own independent studio. I actually probably check that out. I like Hideo Kojima stuff a lot. I actually just started playing Death Stranding. Yeah. What is, what, what is, what is that like? Cause that looks like it's, it's interesting. Like. I don't know if you'd be into it or not. It looks terrible to me. The it, it's, the vibe is like it's great. I mean, like 
the whole the whole game is like you're just you're delivering stuff you're like a delivery person and you're just and you're just walking through these like absolutely gorgeous landscapes it's like you're in iceland and there's more to it than that but i'd rather punch a hole through my face (laughs) I that sounds like somehow I I, the reason that I hadn't played it for since it came out was was precisely that that I was like "Eh, I don't think that's going to be brilliant I don't think I'm going to be really into that but I got it for free through Epic one one, you know they do a a free game every week and at some point they gave it out for free so. I was finally like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And I've really been enjoying it so far. I'm not like super far into it or anything, but I mean, it's gorgeous. And, and I like, I like games that have you work. Like I like, I like working simulator type games. And this game is sort of like that where, yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's an extremely rich and detailed world. And there's a lot of weird shit that happens too. It's not all just like, there is actual like, kind of stealth type things and some I'd say light combat but like um a lot of it is like managing your cargo and stuff like making sure that the way that you pack your the stuff that you're delivering is balanced correctly and a large portion of the game is just keeping your balance as you like walk from point A to point B huh. it's yeah i it's certainly not something for everyone but uh, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be on Disney Plus, by the way, the, the Kojima documentary. Um, Scared Soil, The Woods. What is this? The Piney Woods School Story. That's going to be on Hulu. Hulu. Um, Veselka, The Rainbow on the Corner. Limited release. Driveway Dolls. That's the uh, Ethan. Is it Ethan Cohen? Yeah, Ethan Cohen directed one. Yeah, that's right. I don't. I mean, like the trailers really are doing it for me on that one. Like, I'm. It looks like it could be funny, and I, I'm. I mean, I'll check it out, but I don't know. It feels dated for some reason. That that it's. It feels like one of those like early two thousands crime comedies. Dark crime comedies, you know? It's got Joey Slotnick, though. I don't know. It's got a really great cast. And, uh, yeah. Hopefully it's good. Joey Slotnick, man. Wow. Uh, Onlookers coming out on VOD. Parallels going to be on VOD. Cold Meat uh, getting a limited release. The Promised Land with uh, Mads Mikkelsen getting a VOD release. Uh, History of Evil going to be on Shudder. Red Right Hand is going to be on VOD. Ingress getting a limited release. Spaceman is coming out in theaters. Not Spaceman. not Netflix yet, I don't think. So they're 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 putting it out in theaters this is first. The Sandler Spaceman. It Spaceman. is. Yeah, it is It'll the Sand- Sandler Spaceman. I'm interested in that one. That's eh, pretty much it. What about uh, Criterion's this week? Oh my god, we got three. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, we got a twofer, and that's the Heroic Trio and Executioners. Definitely check that out. That's a double. Oh, Michelle Yeoh. Yep. Johnny Toe movies. 
They're so good. They're so ridiculous. Outlandish. Over the top. Love it. Good stuff. Uh, Christian Petz holds a fire from, I think that was last year or something. I don't know. His movies bore the shit out of me. No interest. And then Nothing But a Man. Incredible movie from 1964. Great performance from Ivan Dixon. I'm glad to see that this is finally on Criterion. Because this is this wasn't available for the longest time. Now it's out. Nice. Cool. So that's a, you know, pretty pretty solid lineup for next week. That's there's there, there's a a, bit everything. Yeah, there's a decent number of things coming out, I think. All right, cool. Uh, Well, I think it's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. And if you could consider reviewing us on iTunes, that'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.